0: Hello, Radio Family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you, and my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to GraceChurchVA.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you.
1: We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekRear.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were
0: made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just pro let the world open.
1: Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, where we are reaching the lost, empowering the hurting, assimilating the lonely, and leading our generation for Christ. Visit GraceChurchVA.org for this message.
0: stick with me Uh, I believe not only will uh, we begin to answer some important questions I believe that uh, this message today can uh, prepare you for what's uh, immediately around the the corner we're going to begin in first Samuel chapter 4 and as you turn in your Bibles there I'm going to pray for you father we thank you for your word father without it we would be so lost Or meet us in this time of study, cause us to go deeper, cause us to grow, all because of this encounter with you this morning, and we give you the honor for it in advance, and the entire church says, amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 4 and verse 1. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines or Philistines. The nation had been led by corrupt priests for, for, for decades. And you probably heard the saying, as goes the pulpit, so goes the pew. Or yeah. well, if you're in business, you probably heard that a fish rots from the head down. Now, I can't verify that, but let's get back to 1 Samuel 4 and 1. Now, again, Israel went out to battle to fight the Philistines. And they encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped uh, in Aphek. Israel was on the outside or outwardly, they were ready in the flesh, but inwardly, they were not ready in spirit. Then the Philistines, they put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, watch this, Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. Now, those of us that are familiar with scripture, we know that typically when the Israelites... uh, uh, a win. it's because they were obeying God and follow God. But here with 4,000 people dead, everybody knows that something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Verse 3, and when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, they said this, Why has the Lord defeated us? What? They're blaming God. Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines. Now, the answer is obvious. If, if there's a failure, guess who is responsible? Not God. It's us. But here's the deal. They asked each other the question, but obviously they didn't inquire of the Lord. And many times we ask the wrong people questions about our issues. Amen. How many you know God's not responsible for decisions that he was not involved in us making? Yeah. So, you know, they're blaming God like we do. And then they they get religious and they said, let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. They decided that the Ark of the Covenant was more like a lucky charm. (laughs) But here's the deal, we can't put God in a box, pour him out at will. And then expect to experience his fruity magic, you know, like he's some type of green leprechaun that's supposed to be at our beck and call. Having childlike faith is not the same as being childish. And we got to grow up in the things of God. The Bible said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And the Israelites are like little children playing church here. And they're about to have a rude awakening. I want us to look one other place to show you a, an example of this so you know that we're on firm footing this morning. Judges chapter 16, and verse 20. We're all familiar with this passage. We don't even have to set up the context or anything like that. It says, And Delilah said the third time here, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. Wouldn't you think after, you know, three times... Samson could kind of know by this point that Delilah was up to no good, but he had been lulled into a false sense of security and and had been lulled to sleep by the enemy. It says, so he awoke from his sleep. He didn't realize that something had dramatically changed since his last battle, namely a life altering haircut. And this is what he said. He wasn't aware. He's losing his sensitivity and awareness. He said, I will go out as before, and as at other times, I will shake myself what? Free. Now, here's the problem. Despite the fact his heart was thousands of, his heart was a thousand miles away from, from God, Samson presumed that he'd win again. He felt entitled to in spite of the fact he was living sideways in the lap of a woman he had no business with. He felt God owed him a house, a car. You hear what I'm saying? Show for food. In the he felt just like many of us. We hadn't done right one. You hear what I'm saying? But we feel entitled that God owes us. You see, you have to be cautious about Trying to live off the momentum of yesterday's anointing. It's vital that we keep our relationship with God fresh. Keep our communication current. I can't live off last week's prayers, yesterday's prayer. You hear what I'm saying? My life with God has to be today, current, and right now. And many of us are living off of what happened 20 years ago, or I used to be. That's how you end up in the lap of Delilah. That's how you end up in the shoes of Samson. But watch this next verse. It says, He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Samson was, again, a lot like our generation. He relied exclusively on the mercy of God, and God is merciful. God is kind, and and he's inexhaustible. But here we, we see he no longer cared about God's approval. It was all mercy, mercy, mercy. It was all, Lord, forgive, Lord, forgive. You are Savior, but I'm not interested in Lord. And watch what happened. Because of the way he lived... His heart became hardened to sin or hardened by sin. And he eventually lost his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Sin will not make God leave you, but it will make you leave God. Sin hardens the heart. And enough of it in your life, you'll lose sensitivity to all that matters. So here we have a man in ministry. A man doing great feats and and just incredible things in the name of the Lord. But still, his heart was far, far away. And in the middle of it, he wasn't even aware that God had removed himself. You know, my wife is on travel, as I I just mentioned. Everyone in the house knows my wife is not there. Even my dog this morning, when I fed him, the way I looked at him, he's like, yeah, mom's not home. But here's the deal. If someone close to you leaves you and you don't notice, you are not close. Now, now here's the fear that if the Holy Spirit left planet Earth, many churches would go on a service as usual and no one even noticed the difference. Many Christians would go on praying, even in tongues, not even knowing the difference because they ain't never one day in their life received the help of God. It was all about flesh, outward appearance, and the rest. If God lifted his presence, would you know? Are you so busy living it on your own, doing it by yourself? Back to Samuel 4 and 4. So the people sent to Shiloh where Hophni and Phinehas presided that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. It's the mighty, the the symbol of the, the, the mighty God of Israel. And the two sons of Eli, not surprisingly, Hophni and Phinehas were there with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Here's the problem. Even good things when placed in the wrong hands become corrupt. Did you know, as holy and as righteous as the word of God is, Satan put it in his mouth and tried to tempt Jesus with it by sticking it in his ear. Even a good thing in the wrong hands can become corrupt. And our crosses and the many things we do, if our hearts aren't right, as right as our worship is, as right as as us coming together as a church is, if our hearts aren't right, Even good things can become corrupt. Stay with me. And when the ark of the Lord came into the camp, everybody got excited. And the Bible says this. And the Bible only says this in a few places in Scripture. It said, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Meaning? Outwardly, they were making the same amount of noise that was made after Joshua uh, went around the walls of Jericho seven times on that last day, and they released a, a shout, and, and, and the ground shook. But here's the deal. All of that was fake. They were treating the ark like it was a rabbit's foot. And many of us, we kiss our crosses, and we do our little things kind of like it's a superstitious type of deal. Versus genuine faith, we kind of make a mockery because there was a time the cross meant something. Now it's just jewelry. You understand what I'm saying? That There was a time when the ark meant something. Now it's like any other idol. And when it comes in, they're as raucous as at a football game. But 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 the heart is far, 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 far away. And what can happen in the church, the worship team could become so expert. They can hit the lyrics and the notes so right. And we and we worship so high that we get confused that, you know, we sound like a church worshiping God, but our hearts are really one million miles away. The challenge is we can learn to have church. But still be far away from God. For the last couple of weeks, I kind of hear I hear myself saying similar things. I feel the Lord is trying to pull a tooth. And one yank didn't come, two yanks didn't come. Today's the third. Is coming out. Yeah. Verse 6. Now, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does what this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? You know, it's really important to understand. Just because you raise your voice louder... Does it make you any more right? Mm -hmm. And you can put on religiosity as much as you want. God sees the heart. Will anyone come back next week? Okay, because we're just getting started. Just doing my job. Poking where I need to poke. Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. My guess is they spent some scouts out and they looked over the hill to try to figure out why everyone was so excited. So when the Philistines found out that the ark was in the camp, you know, they, they got frightened and they said, God has come into the camp. You see, even Israel's enemies knew if God before them, who can be against them? So everyone knew, but, you, but, but here's the deal god was always for the israelites the problem was the israelites were not always for god and when the israelites were not following god they'd lose but the philistines they they thought okay the ark is back in the camp and and they remembered the history matter of fact let me just keep reading and they said woe to us for such a thing has never happened before that language in the, the new king james Version is a little bit weak it's not really accurate really what they were saying is you know what uh, we know how, how God used the ark in Moses' generation and, and John, Joshua's generation. And, and I know what they did to, to our neighbors and the ark was, was out front. But, but this is the first time God has used it in our generation. But, but here's something I need you to hear this morning. You can copy the actions of other people. You can copy that you can sing the same songs as past generations. You, you can preach the same messages as past generations. But but if that truth is not really living on the inside of you, you can end up in very, very serious, serious trouble. And one generation understood that it was a symbol. This generation saw it as an idol. You know, one generation gets it, the next generation sometimes loses it. And this was a situation in Israel. You say, Well, Bishop, you're in the old covenant. Uh, I don't know if that applies to us today. Let's take a look at this in the New Covenant. Acts chapter 19 and verse 15, um, verse 11, forgive me, not 15. Verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles. This is incredible language, by the hands of Paul. Miracles were so common in Paul's ministry that, that the, the, the Holy Writ categorized them as common and uncommon. Imagine that. I mean, miracles aren't supposed to be common. But the reality is, it was so pervasive in, in, that, in that culture, and God was moving so powerful. It's like, well, yeah, it's normal for God to heal, but it's not so normal for someone to walk on water. You know, it's normal for this, but not normal for that. And, and this was the environment of the old church. It's absolutely amazing. Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from the body of the sick or to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Uh, the, the, the issue was, and this is what it looks like, at least to me, that Paul couldn't physically minister to everybody. You know, there's just too many people. He couldn't be in one uh, two places at the same time. So God improvised, and God just provided a, a miracle way for him to reach more people uh, without him having to be at everybody's house. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, watch this, took it upon them what? Yeah. Cells. How I mean, you know, it's never a good idea to take upon yourself to do something just because somebody else is doing it. Yeah, this was what was happening here. They took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, they they lipped the same words, but it wasn't the same in their heart. To call on the name of Jesus over those who had healed evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, the problem was Jesus was just. Another name to add to the religious category, uh, catalogs of incantations and and formulas. It had no real meaning in the heart. That's why one person can can say Jesus and it means one thing, but, but you say, not you, the person next to you say Jesus and absolutely nothing happens. The issue has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with what's going on in your heart. God is powerful. And everyone who calls from their heart on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Normally, when demons were cast out, they just leave. But not this one. And the evil spirit answered and said, sons of Sceva, well, uh, Jesus I know. It's scratching the head. Paul I know. But who... Are you? You see, in that text we were reading in Samuel, Moses, God knew. Joshua, God knew. But this Hophni and Phinehas, you hear what I'm saying? Your leadership, by the way, matters. Watch what happened. Verse six. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was Leaped on them. Now in the past, demons were running from the apostles. Now you have demons jumping on the exorcists, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. Now that's a very polite way of saying they received a beatdown of a lifetime. <laughs> exactly what happened. So they fled out of the house, naked and wounded. You see, they were playing church. See, they were playing with God. See, see, they, they put on a form, but on the inside, you hear what I'm saying? And because of it, they ran away embarrassed, battered, and bruised. Here's something I know. When pride and presumption go before you, shame and loss are closely behind you and all we've read about today is a sin of presumption Samson presumed because God did it yesterday he'd do it today even though his heart was far away the Israelites presumed if God did it in one generation he'll do it in mine even though I don't believe the same way they believed in this situation, the sons of Sceva presumed, well, if Paul can do it, I must be able to do it. All of these events happened because people felt entitled, because people presumed upon the holy. It's vital that we not only watch what other people do, but have a personal relationship with the one whose name we call on, and that it's a heart. Thing, you know, not just a form that moves us into our behavior. First Samuel four and eight. Let's get back. You learning something from the word today? Yeah. So Philistines, they said, man, this ark is out there and, you know, they understand idols and they assume it's an idol. And by the way, you know, the, the Israelites were acting just like the Philistines and, and in the flesh. So, you know, it shouldn't be surprised that those watching got a little bit confused and they were like, wow, you know, uh, this idol did great things in the past. So, you know what? Uh, the same thing could, could happen to us again. He said this, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods in the plural? Meaning they again, they, they thought it was just one amongst the, the many gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Now, here's the deal. Their fathers had established a very, very powerful track record. I mean, their testimony had grown all over the Middle East. But the Philistines didn't understand that this generation had got it twisted. And because of that, they were frightened. But, but, but let's keep reading. The devils or, or, or the Philistines actually encouraged themselves in their devil. You know, we supposed to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But they actually encouraged themselves in the devil. They said to each other, be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. You see, no self-respecting demon is going to leave your house, your family, your body over just a little bit of religious hocus-pocus. You have to understand the demons arrayed against you have a lot on the line too. Because they know if if you have victory over them in your life, you're going to tell somebody it's going to impact them. So, so, you know, listen, it's like, listen, if we lose, we're going to have to submit. And the devil knows if, if he loses, he's going to have to submit. So he's not just looking for a little bit of church ease. He wants to see that you have genuine faith. He's looking for the real article in the lives of you and I.
1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yeramitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time,
0: remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus. And and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong. Fear is a natural emotion, but through God's word, we have power to overcome it. 1 Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to Him because He cares for us. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this, we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to GraceChurchVA.org to listen to my latest series titled No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we will get through this together.